we are going to be, we have been talking about evangelism and we have uh, uh, been talking about how, how we are given the privilege, we're invited into joining God to, to, cre- uh, to carry on this, this mission he has for the world, his plan to, to bring redemption and peace and wholeness uh, back to creation. It's not through our gifts and our talents. It's through our willingness and our obedience that he uses us. And, uh, and, and we talked about how when we, we talk about evangelism or sharing our faith, we all sort of shrink away from that. And we, we have stereotypes that we have about that. And, and we've been talking that, number one, it, it has to do with the way we live. Before we say a word, we have, we have given a witness by the way we live. In fact, that's I think one of the problems a lot of people outside the church have with Christians is we have lots of words, and we have lots of rules, and we have lots of, of speeches, but then when they look at our lives, it, it doesn't match. And so we, we talked about primarily, we want to be sure that we, we try to live that out. And of course, none of us are going to be able to do that perfectly, but, but we can do it with humility, and we can do it with sincerity. People are more willing to forgive you if, you are, if you're humble and sincere uh, and are willing to admit mistakes and you're not so busy pointing your finger at them that you can't see what's going on in yourself. And so actions are our primary part of that. Then last week we, we talked a little more about how we can, how we can share that and, 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 and begin to express words to, to just tell our story. And this morning, with Mother's Day, I, I just wanted to, to tie that in to, to how there, God gives us uh, what Andy Stanley calls it is uh, providential relationships. He gives us providential relationships, people that are in our life at the right moment, at the right time, it's the right person. I just want to walk, I just want to play with that idea for a little while because I, I, whenever I talk to people about how they become Christians or how they heard about God, Everyone goes to a, a person. It's a person. And, and it's not always, a, in fact, it's very rarely a pastor. <laughs> it's, it's usually a friend. And it's very rarely in church. It's usually in the workplace or in high school or in your family. But, but if you thought this morning, who, who in your life got you on a path where you, you began to say, maybe God is something I need to consider? Who is the person that made you think, well, maybe there's something beyond my, my own personal agenda for my life? Who's that providential person in your life? We all have them. And you can look back with, with blessing on those. Uh, that's a gift. I can think of, of several in my life. Um, I've, I've talked before about the little old lady that taught me how to play poker and, and jump roped, and, and she, was, she was my Sunday school teacher and, uh, and uh, that showed me that you didn't have to be uptight to be a, be a Christian. I can think of a youth director. I, I, I just, I'm a recent Facebook guy, and so I, I just reconnected with my, with my uh, um, youth director from high school. And uh, um, he's still at it. Um, I guess 
close to 70 now. He's still a youth director in, in Canyon City. Uh, but I remember, remember him. I remember what a jerk I was as a teenager, how I tested every single boundary, that whenever we went on trips, I was the one sneaking out, and, and just all the stuff I did, and yet he still was my friend. He still was willing to, uh, to trust me, and he still saw value in that relationship. There's numerous people, those, those places, those times. When, I, when we first moved to Texas, thinking that we were going to be teachers for the rest of our careers and, and, uh, and, and having a, a senior pastor at the church that we went to that saw something in me that talked w- with me and invited me to work with their youth there and then uh, led me on a path that, that took me into full-time ministry. There, there's just numerous people in my life that have come in right at the right time and been a blessing for me. You have those. Have you, have you thought about the gift they gave you? The, the gift of, of self-image, of, of importance? We have, the, the next service at 11 o'clock, we have our children doing the musical. And, you know, I know it's Mother's Day. We should be doing some flowery sermon on that and stuff. It, and, and some people don't think a kid's musical is worship, but I can't think of anything that's more worshipful than that. To see, to see kids getting the chance to come up in a church where most of them don't ever want to be, come and, and find a place where there's a congregation where there's a family that says, you're important. And we get to celebrate with them and clap with them. And they, they'll have memories that go on into adulthood of the, the smiles and the compliments that people give them. That's, that's worship. That's part of how we try to do that as a, a body of Christ here. Well, we're going to look at a passage this morning. Um, it's in the New Testament. It's in uh, the book of 2 Timothy. And uh, is it 2? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Uh, it's in 2 Timothy. And uh, before we go there, I just want to give you a little background. I, I think most of you are familiar with the Apostle Paul. Paul was uh, converted after Jesus' uh, death and resurrection. Uh, Paul was a Pharisee. He was a part of the Jewish uh, faith, and, and he thought this whole Christian thing was, was nonsense. It was heresy, and actually worked to sort of stamp that out. Uh, he, you know the story. He, he's converted and has a life-changing experience and becomes, from being one of Christianity, Christianity's uh, strongest detractors into its most powerful and, and influential uh, missionaries. Well, he, he travels around starting churches and stuff, and, and he sort of would go in and get a group going and then move on to the next. And a lot of the letters that you have in the, old, in the New Testament uh, Galatians, Ephesians, Colossians. It's how he kept in touch with the groups that he started faith communities in. And one of, uh, as, he, as he went along the way, he had people that would sort of step in and, and help him, and, and, and some of them would stay back and continue their leadership. Well, one of those was a young man named Timothy. And uh, Timothy was sort of Paul's prodigy. He was a young man, uh, and he was, he was left to, to govern over this body of new believers. 
in, in about four weeks, we're going to be getting a young pastor, 25, fresh out of seminary. I've already heard it. She doesn't know what she's going to be doing. You're exactly right. She doesn't. And that's what I love about it. She hasn't been ruined by our system yet. She's still, ideal, she's still idealistic. She still has the audacity to believe that God can change lives and do amazing things. And that's exactly why we want somebody young coming in. And that's sort of the idea that people had with Timothy. You had this old Jewish folks with lots of tradition, lots of, and, and all of a sudden they're converting over to Christianity and, and they're all going, who are you, kid, to be telling us what we should be doing? Well, the letters of First and Second Timothy are sort of guidance for Timothy. But at the beginning of Second Timothy, we get, this, we get this picture of where Timothy got his faith from. We get this picture of how Timothy ended up where he was. You know, we, we all know, we, we don't all, part of the reason we're scared of people in their late teens and early 20s is because we remember back to the people we were at that age. And so we assume everybody was that stupid. But occasionally, especially when there's a basis and a teaching and a, f- a foundation for folks, that that can go from being the wasted years to to the most productive years. Years of growth and years of challenge and years of preparation. And so we're, gonna, we're just going to read this. It's right at the beginning of, of 2 Timothy, and it gives us a picture of where did Paul, or where did Timothy get his foundation from? 1 Timothy 1, verses 3 through 8. Timothy, I thank God for you, the God I serve with a clear conscience, just as my ancestors did. Night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. I long to see you again, for I remember your tears as we parted. And I will be filled with joy when we're together again. I remember your genuine faith. For you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that some, that same faith continues strong in you. That is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift that God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. So never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. And don't be ashamed of me either, even though I'm in prison for him. With the strength God gives you, be ready to suffer with me for the sake of the good news. And this is the word of the Lord for us this morning. Thanks be to God. Because we read that, number one, you, get, you, you see the, the bond between Paul and Timothy. I mean, this, Paul, Paul loves Timothy. And, and when they split, when Paul had to go on his way and they decided that Timothy was going to stay, it was, it was heart-wrenching. It's, it's a lot like what I'm seeing with some of my clergy friends that are having to, to leave a church that they've been on to go to a, a new assignment. Uh, th- there's that knowledge and that hope that yeah, God's taken me there, but also the heartbreak that these are my people. And, and uh, that's what happened with Paul and Timothy. They left him there, and, and Timothy was just, I'm sure he was scared. I'm sure he was worried about how am I going to lead this new faith group when I'm, I'm a young man myself. And so you can see the tenderness there, the encouragement that Paul gives. But what I want to focus on this morning was the, where the foundation came from. 
as we read it today in today's context, it doesn't jump out as much as it, it would have then because we see football players all the time that when the f- camera flashes on them, what do they say? I'm mom, right? And so it doesn't really hit us the way it would for this audience. But we have to think back time-wise. Women were not considered spiritual leaders. That was part of the deal that Jesus brought in, that Jesus ushered in. It was part of what, what Paul ushered in, even though there's a lot of people that think Paul hated women. When you misunderstand some of his writings, you can go there, but I don't think that's the case at all. It's, it was this freedom, this, this equality, this respect of personhood, this, this love for God's creation that came together through Jesus Christ to say, you know what, it's not just a man thing. It's a people thing. That God created us all. That we are all called to serve him. That we all have gifts and graces to share. That we all can have influence on people's lives. And the two people that he pulls out in Timothy, he says, you know what? The things I see in you, I saw in your grandmother and your mother. Now, being a late teenage boy, that probably sort of like, oh, gross, I'm like my mom. Because that's the thing we promise ourselves we're never going to do when we're young, right? And then we grow up and have our own kids, and we hear ourselves saying the same things our parents said to us and wondering what happened to our mind. But what Paul says is, the things I see in you, I know you got from your mother and your grandmother. Just made me, it made me start thinking, as we're talking about evangelism, as we're talking about sharing our faith, when we're talking about how we come to faith through providential relationships, it just made me think and just want to call out for you and remind you that you have an influence on the people in your circles. That even if you don't think they're listening, they are. That even if you don't think that they, they care what you think, they do. That you have the ability to, to lead, to challenge, to promote, to encourage, to build up, to strengthen not just children, but people all around you just by caring. Just by caring. Evangelism does not have to be a speech. In fact, my favorite quote is, share Christ with everyone and when necessary, use words. Words get in the way of what we're called to do. We're called to live a life that matters. We're called to live a life that that lets people know they matter. The way that we matter is by making someone else matter. What better time to talk about that than on Mother's Day? You know, Father's Day, I won't be here this year, but on Father's Day, you know, we always talk about relaxation and golf and everything, but Mother's Day, why is it on Mother's Day they're like the the ones that I know, and I'm getting the glares, I know why you are, It's because you're the ones that are just a little more in tune with human relationships than us guys are. You're the ones that have the patience. I mean, you can have the greatest relationship with your dad, but if there's something wrong, you call your mom. You know, you just want to talk to your mom. And and I'm on, last week, Sydney's at college. I was on a retreat. She always is talking with her mom and stuff, but out of the blue, she sends me a text message that said, 
hey, Dad, just thinking of you, I love you. And I was like, what is wrong? Because, <laughs> you know, what, does she need money or something? Because that just, that's just not natural. She does that with her mom all the time. It, when she, it just made me really suspicious. And, and I'm still waiting for the shoe to drop, but she hasn't put her request in yet. But, uh, but I, it just is a, a nice day to remember how people can have an influence on us. How imperfect people can have an influence on us. None of us, you realize this as you become a parent yourself, that you have to start cutting slack for your parents, all the things you thought they did that were so horrible. Uh, you, you figure out why they did it when you get to be older. You, you, you figure out that they made mistakes, but they were trying their best. You figure out that sometimes they, they showed preference, but they loved you. That sometimes they were a little over-meddling, but that's because they were concerned for you. That You get the picture that God can work even through imperfect people. And if, I'm sure Lois and Eunice were great people, but they weren't saints. They weren't perfect. I'm sure they made some mistakes, but you know what they did? They created a foundation for Timothy where he was able to grow up knowing there is a God. He deserves my love. He deserves my respect. And because God created me and other people, I'm going to give my life towards letting other people know that. It just makes me wonder, what, what are the messages we're sending our, our kids what are those prior, what are the building blocks we're, we're putting on them? We, we can get so caught up in the wrong things. Am I sending them to the right school? Are they, are they on the right teams? Do I have them in enough activities? Are they being entertained enough? Are they When one of the most essential questions of life, we often leave up to them, oh, I don't want I don't want to push them in any direction. Why we push them in every other direction? Why not that one? Let them know what's important. Not by pointing, not by preaching, but by living it out. You know how most providential relationships have an effect on our lives? It's through things we never even know about. A lot of times... It's, it's, it's characterized by, by someone on their knees when no one else is around, pleading daily for our growth. Sometimes it's, it's people that we're never going to see the actions and the, and the concern, but they, they, were, they were pleading on our behalf. You know, John, our guitar player here, can tell you that's his grandma. That's, that's his, what do you call her, Mima? I'm sorry, I had the wrong meemaw. But it's the story's correct, though. And when he, when he, whenever we do old-time hymns, whenever we do that gospel music, you know what it reminds me? It reminds him of his grandma and, and her, her singing and stuff because she was the one that put that foundation in his life. And he wandered away from it a little bit. He got lost. But you know what? There was a foundation that allowed him to come back. You've got the ability to do that. Whether you're mom or not, 
dads, kids, teenagers, you have the ability to help someone find that foundation. Not by preaching, not by pointing, not by lecturing, but by loving. By letting them know they matter. By letting them know that they're important. By letting them know that there's a gift beyond what they're living. That there's a potential that they can, that they can achieve to. By letting them know that they're not limited by their circumstances, but they're not limited by, by their, their mistakes. That they have potential. Moms, we want to thank you for doing that for us. We can thank you now. We've gotten over the, the sarcastic things you said to us, like, are you going to go out with your breath smelling like that? <laughs> and it, moms just have this way of just cutting right through your heart, you know. You're sitting there talking at the table, and she's, oh, God, go brush your teeth. <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm still paranoid about that today. That's like, and I always have to have the girls look up on nose to make sure there's nothing in there and everything else. But that, that was... My daughter's ashamed right now. But. <laughs> but moms, we want to thank you for, for that. Not just mom, women, men, friends. Thank you for, for being there. And you know what? What better, what better gift? That if you, can, if you can get into adulthood and think back and think, God used me to be that providential person even in one life, even in one life, that, that is victory. That, that, that makes life worthwhile. You want to know the meaning of life? That's it. If you can give meaning to someone else's life, then your life has meaning. Why don't you bow with me? Let's pray. Lord, thank you. We thank you for your love. We thank you for For God, these things that we talk about, all of them are, are made complete in you. You're the ultimate expression of this, that, that you see beyond our weakness, you see beyond our mistakes, and you, you give us the opportunity to, to become what we could be rather than what we are. And we just want to thank you right now for, for those people in our lives that have, have done that for us, for those ones who have have prayed for us, who have been concerned for us, that that haven't given up on us. That we're there, the right person, the right time, the right place. And God, we want to be that for someone else. We want to be available. And it's going to take us by surprise and it's going to come when we least expect it and we're not going to be able to prepare for it and we're not going to be able to study for it. It's just going to have to flow right out of our character and out of our relationship with you. And so that's why we pray that you will bind us to you right now, that you will, that you will put that desire in our hearts to connect with you each and every day, each and every minute, so that when those surprises come, when those opportunities come, we will not miss it. Lord, help us to bring meaning into the life of another. Help us to point them towards you. And we pray that in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen.